Hi, I'm Leora, and this is a Simply Lighthearted Podcast. This is a place where I like to come and share stories. Stories from my life and stories from the Bible. Stories are one of the ways that I can help make sense of my world. Whether it's sharing my own story or listening to someone else's story, especially I feel closer and connected to God when I read the stories in the Bible and I can see the ways that God interacted with people and the ways that people interacted with God and with one another. And so I've come here today to talk about a topic that is quite hard for me. And um, this topic is about the desires of your heart. What do you want? This is a really challenging one for me personally. It's been something that I've always struggled with, not really knowing what I want. Um, You can ask people that I know about what it's like to pick a a restaurant to go to. Um, You can ask people what it's like to try to plan a birthday party for me. Um, All of these things, it's just really hard for me to identify what I want and maybe even what I need in the moment. It's something that is just a part of me and I've learned to notice it and be okay with it, but it's still quite hard. And those are just like some surface things. Um, Knowing what what restaurant you want to eat at or what you want to do for your birthday are very surface things. But when it comes to your life and the outcome of your life, what do you want? And that question for me has been a really challenging one. Because I do know what I want. I want children. I always have. I've always wanted to be a wife and a mother. And that has just not been a part of my story. Uh, We are unable to have children. And that is a source of great pain for me and my husband. It is a great source of um, hard and just trying to process our life and also trying to live our life in a meaningful, purposeful way when our lives reflect something very different than what we thought our lives would look like. And so when it comes to this question, I this question of what do you want is quite a challenging one because I what, what happens when you don't get what you want? What happens when you pray for healing and you don't get it? What happens when you uh, ask for wisdom about something and you're not sure still what to do? What happens when you don't have the thing that you thought you would have? There's a whole lot of messy middle and I don't understand and have a lot of questions for God when I get to heaven one day about why things are the way they are or why some people get one thing and other people don't. Um, Why some people pray for a miracle and they get it and why some people pray and don't. And I don't understand the way that God works that way. I believe that with all of my heart, God can do anything. I believe that God can give children to people and he has in many instances many of my friends uh, people I know and stories I read about of people that have asked God and received this blessing and for some reason that I just don't understand and I don't know if I will ever understand this side of heaven it, it God has decided or so far decided that we are not to have children and so when I go to answer that question what do you want and I go okay God well You're not giving me what I want. So either change the desires in my heart or help me 
to see how you can use these desires in a way that is fulfilling and joy-filled in the life that I do have. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at a place in my journey where uh, this year I'm going to be turning 40. And 40 for me has always kind of been that landmark age. Yes, women can get pregnant after 40, um, but it's less and less common. And it's just kind of one of those chapters where we, where when I, I'm getting there, I go, okay, I need to make more of an effort of understanding what this season of my life is going to look for look like. I've spent a lot of years grieving. I've spent a lot of years waiting and asking God and trying to understand. And then I've spent a lot of years just kind of in this in-between. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I don't think we talk about that enough. Um, I've been talking a lot with people in my life lately about how in the Bible um, we read stories about people But what isn't a big description is the years in between. So some of my favorite characters, obviously for the relatability to my life, are Abraham and Sarah, and then Isaac and Rebecca. And both of those families had to wait many years before God fulfilled their promise of that they would have a family. Um, For Abraham and Sarah, it was 20 years, and for for. Isaac and Rebecca, it was also 20 years, but it's boiled down in the story that we read to a sentence. And I can assure you that in their life, in their day to day, in their Monday to Friday, their nine to fives, their all of their everyday stuff, I guarantee it did not feel like a sentence. I think about Isaac and Rebecca and I think about them falling asleep at night and them talking about their hopes and dreams. I imagine them thinking about uh, what they're hoping for. And maybe maybe next time, maybe next month they'll get pregnant. And, and then maybe next month, there's this one verse that talks about Isaac praying to God and asking that Rebecca would be able to conceive. And I'm sure they, they had prayed and they had talked to God about this earlier. I don't think this was the first time that Isaac had interceded on the ha- behalf of Rebecca and that this, that I, I believe that they would have been talking to God the whole time. But for some reason, it's recorded in the Bible that Isaac prayed to God and Rebecca conceived and they had twins. But that was after 20 years. That was 20 years from the time they got married to the time that they had children. That, that that's 20 years like I, I don't think we talk about those seasons in between where the where we cry and the heartbreak and the, and the yelling at God and the frustration and trying to understand those things that happen in in between and, and I think there's so many of us going through things and we're in the in between right now we're in the messy middle where we don't have a pretty package we don't have the answers to our prayers yet and we can't quite understand why God is saying wait or no or not yet we don't understand why the healings haven't happened why why the 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 dreams haven't been fulfilled and yet we still ask God and we wait in this messy middle. There isn't this instantaneous thing that transforms us or changes us. Sometimes God acts that way. But more often than not, we are stuck in this messy middle while we work out our faith, trusting God and walking the next step. Now, I, I got to tell you that that's not easy. I'm saying those words like it's here's your here's your medicine. Here's the way to move forward. I'm saying these because these are the thread of hope that I hold on to 
in the weeks and months and years where I anticipate and wait and wonder at what God is doing. And I go before him with my requests and I go before him with my desires and I say, these are the desires of my my heart. But I'm currently in a season where I'm looking at a blank page and I'm going, okay, God, you're the author of my life. You are the one that made me the way that I am. You are the one that put this desire in my heart to have children. You are the one that built me and made me the way that I am. You've given me experiences and opportunities. You've given me relationships. You've given me life experiences. All of the things, God, you have shaped me into who I am. Okay, so looking at this blank page and these next years of my life, what do I want? What got me thinking about all of this, this what do you want, was a couple of different things. Over the last little while, I've been paying attention to different things that I've heard more than once, whether it was different authors or speakers or people in my life or just reading it on my own and seeing some reoccurrences of certain stories and certain themes. And Mark 10 kept coming up. And Mark 10, um, there's a lot in there, let me tell you. There is a ton in the book of, or sorry, the chapter of Mark uh, 10. But it ends with this story about a man who is blind, and his name is Bartimaeus. And he's along the road, and uh, uh, Jesus is leaving Jericho. He's got his disciples, and it's a massive crowd that's with him. There's been a crowd that's been following him and listening to his teaching for quite some time, and it's quite big, and it's rowdy. And this man um, named Bartimaeus was blind, and he was a beggar. And so as Jesus is leaving town, he's going out, there's a blind man sitting on the side of the road. And when he hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth who's coming by, he begins to shout. He begins to yell through the crowd, into the crowd, in the direction that he thinks Jesus is. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And here, there's a couple of points in this story that just kind of get me in the gut. And this is the part that gets me in the gut the first time. Be quiet, many of the people in the crowd yelled at him. And when I I heard that part of the story, there was something in me that just kind of related. I, I heard this part of the story where people around them are saying, be quiet. Don't make your needs known. Don't let, you're gonna bother someone. And this is a personal thing that I have a problem with. I don't want to cause any discomfort. I don't want to create, you know, like my needs are important, yes, but your needs are more important. And so this man is here on the side of the road and he is not afraid to share his needs. But the people around him, they're trying to quiet him. And it got me thinking about what or who is trying to quiet me and my needs? What is stopping me from being able to vocalize my needs, what I want? And I think there's so many layered facets to this. I think there's so many things, but for me, it's a lot of myself, a lot of my insecurities, a lot of my fears, a lot of concerns, a lot of the unknown that quiets in me the needs that I have. For some of you, it might be the people around you that are saying things that you don't matter or that what you have to say doesn't matter or or I don't know. There's lots of voices that say some pretty horrible things. Maybe it's something that somebody said when you were a kid and you've just believed a lie your whole life. Maybe it's something that somebody said recently and you're like, yeah, that's true. I've had people say stuff that about uh, that isn't true about me that I've hung on to and it still bubbles up inside of me even though I know it's not true. 
but I hold on to it. And in those moments when I question myself and I wonder, what do I want? What do I want? And I desire and I, I let my voice speak and I feel that people around me going, be quiet. Now, of course, nobody's actually physically saying that around me, but that's what those voices in me say. Be quiet. But let's keep going in the story. He shouts louder. He just, instead of following those quieted voices, he gets louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. He shouts even louder. And then Jesus hears him and he stops and he says, tell him to come here. Tell him to come here. Jesus hears him in his needs. He doesn't tell him to be quiet. He doesn't say, what's that nuisance over there? He values this person on the side of the road that is calling out to him and asking him for something. Have mercy on me. So then the people start, this part cracks me up too. Then the people get really excited for Bartimaeus. Oh, Jesus wants to see you. And they pat him on the back and he's kind of riding this high and everybody's like, oh, let's be Bartimaeus' friend now because, well, before we needed to tell him to be quiet, but now Jesus wants to see him. So maybe, maybe he is actually cool. Like maybe there is something great about him. Maybe we should like, oh, good for you. And so they get excited. They're like, cheer up. Come on. He's calling you. You can go now. And so off he goes. Bartimaeus throws off his coat. He jumps up and he goes to Jesus. And this is the question. This is it. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. See, Jesus has a question for each one of us. He has a question for me. And he has that question for you. Jesus is always asking this question of people. What do you want? What do you want me to do for you? And so much of the time I come up blank. I come up with, I, I don't know, <laughs> I'm not sure, uh, maybe, uh, and I think about other people, but the question is, what do you want him to do for you? You, you matter. Jesus sees the person, he sees you and you matter so much. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks. And the blind man, Bar- Bartimaeus, he knows he is ready with his answer. My rabbi, my teacher, I want to see. I want to see. And it might seem a really obvious ask for this blind man to be able to see. You know, I mean, that was his main thing that was wrong with him. But I, but I wonder if there was anything else, you know? What else was going on in this guy's life that Jesus could have seen? That he could have done for him? I, I love how simple... And how this impacted, yes, there was there was going to be a ripple effect from this man into his community because now he could be a differently active person in his community. He can share the story of Jesus. He can contribute in a way that's different than before. Uh, it, mostly I'm thinking because of how he values himself and how he, he sees himself, not because there's any less value when you can't see, but sometimes that changes how you value yourself. But what, one of the things that I thought about with this is that his seeing was all about him. It, it wasn't that, that you know, the miracle would heal somebody. Like so much of the time in our walk with Jesus that I hear in the Christian lingo and the conversations and what we feel okay asking for has to be something that will benefit everybody else too. And now I'm in the messy middle here. 
And I, I hope you're here with me in the messy middle, not in the sense that I hope that your life is a mess too, but in the sense that we're trying to figure this out. At least I am. It, it, it's so hard for me to, one, know what I want, and two, ask for something that just seems so focused on me. What do you want me to do for you? That's Jesus' question for you. And whether you, you are the kind of person that has your answer, or you're like me and you're like, I'm not sure, but I don't know even know where to begin asking, part of me needs to learn that it's okay to talk about my needs to Jesus. Tell him the longings of my heart. Telling him the desires of my heart. Jesus looks at Bartimaeus and he says, Go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly, Bartimaeus gets up and he follows Jesus down the road. He goes with him. Desire. The desires of our heart. It's such a hard thing for us to wrap our heads around. I told you that I didn't really have a great ending to this story today in the sense that I don't have a, a thing for you to do or a place for you to go or a solution to this journey we're on together. Just want to let it hang a little because that's where I'm at in my life. Kind of a messy middle where I don't have a good answer for you. But what I do know, here's what I know. Jesus sees you. And he's asking the question, what do you want for me to do? And if we can find the answer to that and the courage to tell Jesus what's on our heart, I think we might somewhere in there, at least at some point, find what our next step is, where we're going next, or how to move forward. I think that's all that I have for us today. I hope that this has encouraged your heart somehow. And then uh, we'll talk again soon.